0: Okay, so what I'm gonna be talking about tonight is God's calling and what that is, what that definition is, what that even means. I'll be talking about how we can find God's calling and then how we can live out God's calling. So without further ado, let's get started. So what is a calling? So first of all, there's two different kinds of definitions if you wanna say that. There's our general calling, And there's our particular and personal calling. Our general calling is what God has called us all to do, which is to leave our old six ways and become new in Christ, become um, in a relationship with him, to accept him into our hearts, to do all that kind of stuff. We all really have kind of heard that. If you haven't, then you just heard that. But um, since we all kind of know that, that's not really what I geared tonight around. I kind of geared tonight around our specific, you no know, particular calling. And what that is, is how God uses us to further his kingdom in whatever way. So that might be by you being a doctor or by you being a missionary or by you being a mom or however that is, God's going to use you in a specific way in your specific community for his kingdom. So that's what our specific... Um, particular calling is. So, the two really go together. So you can't have, you can't live out your personal or particular calling without first living out your general calling. So first you need to accept Christ in your heart and go through all those those, um, motions and you need to um, really give your life over to God. Surrender to God and really open yourself up to that so that God can use, use you for your calling, your specific calling. So, How do we find God calling? How do we find out what that is? How do we seek that? In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So it's a two-way communication. God communicates with us and we communicate with God. Just like when you talk to your parents or you talk with um, your friends or anyone else in your life, it's a two-way communication. You can't expect them to talk to you if you ignore them, and you can't expect them to want to listen to you if you just talk to them all the time. You need to, like, really have a two-way communication. Allow yourself to listen to God when you're talking to him, and you need to talk to him when he's listening to you. So it's a two-way communication. The Apostle Paul wrote, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we need to have confidence in hearing him because we are his children. He's our father. He wants to listen to us. He wants to show up in our life. We need to have confidence that when we talk to him, he's going to respond. He wants to respond, but he wants us to have confidence in him as well. So we need to talk to him, have that two-way communication, and have confidence in him as well. As we live with God, we have to be consciously aware of when God is speaking to us. And the closer we walk with him, the more we will know of our plan. So, in what ways can we hear from God? So now we know that we need that two-way communication. We know what a calling is. So how do we hear from God? In what ways do we hear from God? The Bible, as we're reading in the scripture and our mind goes to a specific passage or something pops out at us or we get that inkling of, you know what, maybe I should read my Bible right now. God's trying to speak to you. God's trying to speak to you through the Bible, through prayer, that two-way communication as people pray for you, as you pray for others. God really shows up in prayer and communication with him. And through the church, when we hear us or we're with our peers and we're talking with our peers and something sticks out to us, that's God speaking to us. Well, that's God trying to touch our hearts in some way or guide you somewhere. Or even in the church body, when it's not in the building itself, when you're school and you're in your community, and you're talking with your church peers. that's God communicating with you as well. God moves through people since we are the hands and feet of Christ, um, if we're in the Word of God. And so if someone's telling you something and you're seeking counsel from someone, that could be God speaking to you, through others. In our circumstances, our everyday life, our triumphs and our fails, God can teach us things through our experiences. When we win an award, you know, God might be blessing you with something. Everything good in our life is from God. God's trying to talk to you. God's sharing something with you. But even in our falls, God's, God's not too far away. In our deepest moments, that's where we feel God the most if we really look for him. So God can speak to you in any circumstance, the Bible, prayer, church, and many others in our circumstances, but just remember those four. And it's really important to remember that as we're praying to God, as we're talking to God, we need to be looking for where God's speaking to us, because that's where we're going to find our calling. If we're just talking to God and we're just going about our day, then nothing really gets done. If we pray to God in the morning, and then as we read our Bible, we think, okay, how is God trying to teach me something here? And then as we pray for others or pray for ourselves or or in, in general, okay, how is God trying to teach me something there? As we're in church, we're talking to our church peers, okay, what did God teach me there? As we're in our circumstances, okay, what can I learn from that from God? If we're constantly thinking about God's circumstances and in our situations and in our life, we'll be able to find what God wants us to do, and much more. But that's just what I'm talking about tonight. So how do we live out our calling? Once we figure that all out, how do we even live it out? We need to be obedient to God. So let's look at how Moses was obedient to God in Exodus 4, 1 through 5. I think that's up there. Okay. Um, It states, I'm going to read up here. It states, this answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand, "A staff? He replied, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took a hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And if we're thinking about our calling, that's kind of a confusing passage to talk about, but it does relate to our calling. The staff represents Moses' talents, gifts, his income, and everything he had. And God told him to give it all up to him. So it represented his talents because Moses was good at shepherding. That was what he was good at. That was his skill. He, that's where he got his income. That's really all he had. That's all he had to give at that point. But God, once he said, you know, give it up to me, later on in the scripture, it actually, you know, deep down in the scripture, it shows that he actually started becoming a shepherd of men, leading people to Christ and the promised land. So God asked him to give it all up to him. And so that makes me want to ask you guys a question don't actually answer it, but how can God use you if we don't give anything to him to use? Think about that. How can God use if we don't give him anything to use? A lot of us have these things in our lives where we're proud of it and we're happy about it, but we don't actually let God use it because we don't know how to listen to God. This is back to what I was saying earlier, but we need to have trust in God. Trust in where God's leading us. Trust in where God wants us to go. Trust in where God might be pushing us. When we get these little ink of God just trying to tell us, okay, go talk to that person or go read your Bible, and we brush it under the rug, and it's like, okay, well, not right now, not right now. That could be God trying to talk to you, trying to use you. But we brushed it away. So that's something about as well. Moses had no idea what would happen, but he trusted him. And God did not fail him. Moses trusted him with all he had, and God ended up using it to further to his calling. So when is our calling? We're talking about all this stuff, but when is this actually happening? What is actually happening? When is this going to happen? Our calling isn't a time and a place. God, he does sometimes, but God rarely will come down from the heavens and show you this little plan and say, Courtney Jackson, you are going to go here, here, and here, at this time and this date, so go have fun, let's go. Whoo! Like, that that's not how it happens. Every day, baby step in our calling, every day. It's just like now looking back on our lives when we're in middle school and elementary school, we can think about, oh, that led to that, and that led to that, and now I'm here, and that's cool. But in the moment, you don't know anything. You're like, what the heck am I doing? Where, what's going on? Same thing with our calling. If we trust in God, if we rely on God, if we surrender to God, if we have that two-way communication, if we really surrender to God, everything to God, and we learn how to listen to God, every day we'll take baby steps in the right direction. Then, as we look back on our life, maybe two weeks, maybe six, maybe two years down the road, we'll look back and we'll say, oh, that led to that, and that led to that and God revealed his calling to me. And God revealed his calling to me. In Romans 4.1, it says, live a life, Paul urges us to, live a life worthy of the calling we have received. It doesn't say the calling you will receive. It doesn't say the calling you want to receive. It says the calling you have received. God is moving us towards our calling every single day as we're here on earth. You don't feel it right now because you, you're living it right now. But as you look back, you'll be able to see, oh, get it now. And you still might not get it. I mean, I've come to the conclusion I want to be a missionary, but I still don't get why. I, it's like, what the heck? But um, I'll talk about that story in a little bit. Paul also reminds in Romans eleven twenty nine, God's call and his gifts are irrevocable. So no one can take away our gifts. So the worst thing that you could do is open yourself up for God to use you. Something that could happen by surrendering to God as God to use you. Pray, seek, do. Okay, so I'm going to tell you my story for a little bit so that we can kind of break a little bit. So I wanted to be a vet for a really long time. Ever since I was in like little kindergarten age, I wanted to be a vet because I loved people and I loved animals and I was like, I might as well help people by helping their animals. Makes sense, whatever. And so I go down this path, and then I become a freshman in high school, and I'm like, no, I want to be a lawyer, because I love mock trial. So I pursue being a lawyer, and I'm like, I love English. You know, I love writing. I'm not very, you know, shy, very extroverted, so this will be perfect. And so I go down that route. And then halfway through my freshman year of high school, I see this application to go to the Dominican Republic. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. So my first thought was, my friends will think I'm so cool for leaving the country without my parents. And so I'm like, let's go. And so I beg my parents. And I'm like, please, 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 God's going to use me. It's going to be so great. And they're like, "Okay, Courtney. And so I convince them. I get on the plane. I make it there. And I end up being blown away by I was so overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by the culture, I was overwhelmed by the language, I was overwhelmed by everything. I had never ministered to people before, I'd never even been on a missions trip before. And I was like, what the heck am I doing, this is crazy. But by the middle, I started to kind of warm up a little bit, and it started to make sense a little bit, and I started to really enjoy it. I started to wake up, instead of look forward to being with my friends that I had made on the trip, I started looking forward to talking to ladies I'd seen the day previous, or I started looking forward to talking to the little girls I had seen prior. And videos. and so I had, um, yeah. So then, um, that's the first trip, and then um, so I had started loving it. And so then we end up getting home, and I'm home now and everything, and. Month went by, I'm still excited about it. I'm still like, oh my gosh, I love that place. Two months go by, and I notice that my friends are going back to school, and they're getting in the grind again. Three months go by, four months go by, and school's like dead in session. And I'm still like, oh my gosh, I want to go back to the Dominican Republic. But all my friends are kind of still like missing it, but it wasn't as deep of a desire as it was for me. So I pray about it, and I'm like, okay, should I be a missionary, God? I don't know. Like, should I? And so I put out a little bit more, and I start telling people I want to be a missionary, but I really hadn't set in stone in my head yet. So then I see another application to go to the Dominican Republic, and this time it was a family trip. So I'm like, Mom, and my mom's like, No, that's no. And so um, I'm like, Please, let's go. And she's like, No. And so. I end up getting her to the airport, she's like sobbing, leaving my dad in the airport for like, it was a week, but she was like sobbing, <laughs> And so we we get to the to the actual place and end up being fine, she's fine now. And, um, but, um so we end up getting to the Dominican Republic, and I see the little girls I've seen the year previous, and I'm deep in the grind again, I'm having a great time, and it was a different trip, but it was the same kind of love I had for the Dominican. And so, same thing, I leave that place, and I get back home, and um, I start thinking about the little girls, I and the little um, people I have ministered to, and all the things that God had used through me, and so I started really thinking about being a missionary, so I looked into colleges. I looked into opportunities, and I sold base, and I'm like, okay, well, You know, you have to be 21, but it's super cool. 11 countries, 11 months, that's super cool. So I kind of lose faith in that. I'm like, whatever. So I look into colleges, and I still wasn't happy about looking into college because I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to be a missionary, and I didn't really connect the two at the time. So I didn't really think about that. And then later down the line, God prompted me to go back to the site with the world race, and I saw the gap year, nine months, five countries, three continents, ends, or begins in about September or October, and I was like, hmm, that sounds amazing. So I started going to all my parents and all my friends, and I'm like, look at this. This is so cool. Let's do it. Woo. And my parents like, Courtney, chill. Like, you don't know what you're doing right now. Like, you know, that that's a super cool opportunity, but like, maybe not right now. You still have like two years of, you know, high school. Let's just kind of chill. I'm like, fine. So I see another application to go to the Dominican Republic, and it was actually the front was for the one this past summer. And so I apply, you know, get accepted, whatever. And I remember being on the plane, going to that trip, and instead of being so excited, I had, like, a deepness in my heart. For some reason, I couldn't figure out why. So I'm on, like, an hour plane ride and to the Dominican Republic, and I'm just there by myself, and I remember just praying to God, like, why, why am I not feeling the same way as I was previously? And I remember just saying, okay, God, if you want to talk to me, now's the time, I have like an hour or so. And so I'm like sitting there like, just like silent. And then like, a thought popped in my head and it was, why are you waiting to live out your calling? Why are you waiting till you go to the Dominican to live out your calling? Why are you waiting for these, this one week of your life why are you idolizing this one week of your life when your whole life could be being a missionary? And I was like, ah, oh my gosh. And so I, so I remember just being like, okay, well, I'm on the way to the, the Dominicans, so let's try to focus on that right now. And so I kind of put that thought behind me, whatever, prayed about the trip, whatever. I remember being in the ride, going to our, this was our first day of ministry, in the bus ride and we're going to drop off one of the teams, we're in three villages, drop off one of the teams to a little town called Gondules. I wasn't on that team at that point. So I was supposed to stay on the bus, drop them off, and then I was supposed to go to the village I was supposed to go to. Well, I mentally prepared myself that I was going to see the little girls in Gondules, I was going to have to just sit on the bus and then drive away from them as we get to Canelones. We end up getting to Gondules to drop off the team, And they started rushing to the sides of the buses and they start banging up. They see me and start banging on the door or the glass window on my side. Courtney, Courtney. Someone say my name in Spanish. Courtney, Courtney. And so I'm like, I start sobbing. And then I like run off the bus and I like, I just like ran off, ran to them. I hugged them and we're just like crying. And I remember just like in that moment, it's like I was hugging them and then God like gives me this peace. It was. Now you're living your calling. Take in every moment, that's your calling. Seek God in every moment, and that's your calling. Every moment, you can be living out your calling, and God can be speaking to you. So after I get back from that trip, I really started to test in myself and, you know, figuring out what God wants me to do, and I kept going back to this world race thing. So I, I see it. Long story short, I apply in September got accepted late September, early October, and so now I'm in the process of fundraising for this $14,900 and, or $14,951 trip, and I leave in September of this, this coming year. I'm at, like, this sep- 2017 September, I'll be leaving to go to Mongolia, China, Malawi, and... Mongolia, China, Malawi, Zambia, and Ecuador for nine months, and... That blows me away because if I were to tell someone, hey, I want you to go and I want you to raise $14,000 and just believe it's going to happen, they'd be like, what the heck? And I would have been this exact same way, but God has totally transformed my life in that one instance where it's God's led me on this three-year journey It wasn't one instance God said, here's your calling. It took me three years of constant prayer, of constant trust, of constant two-way communication, of constant evaluation of where God's speaking to me, of constant just surrendering to God for him to show me that I was living his calling for me. And those babies, it led me here. So now as I look back, I can see that I'm going on the right direction. I might make mistakes. I have made mistakes. I mean, that's, that's inevitable. But I'm living his calling now. So I don't have any fear about this money. I don't have fear about it because I know God's going to provide because he's led me this far. So why would he leave me now? Does that make sense? I have no fear. Jeremiah 29, 11. It states, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan to gi- plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope future. God has a plan and he loves us he, and he's our father. That should give us enough hope to trust him. Plans to give us hope, plans to, for our future because he's all-knowing. He knows when you're going to accept Christ or when you have accepted accepted Christ. He knows when your pivotal moment's going to be. He knows all of these things. He knew, he knows everything. He knows things, and he knows what you're capable of. He knows that Susie Q being a doctor is like the best plan for her. She, like, he knows everything. He knows everything. There's no need to fear, because he desires, and he knows your heart, So you need to trust that. And one other thing I want to talk to you guys about is discernment. And really, a lot of people believe that their gifts and that their um, desires aren't godly. In In the definition of, I don't want to be a pastor so God can't use me. Or, I don't want to be a missionary so God can't use me. And that's wrong. I want to tell you guys why. Because... God needs people everywhere. I mean, he says in Matthew, I don't remember, it's on the top of my head, but um, go out and make disciples of all the nations. That's true, but also in our community, also in our community, he needs people that want to be construction workers to minister to those kinds of people. He needs people that want to be doctors to minister to those kinds of people. He needs people that want to be in every kind of Situation to minister to those kinds of people. And that's very important. So don't have this feeling that just because I don't want to do this job, God can't use me in that way. We all are called to be missionaries. We all are. It's just that I want to go to another nation and you might want to go to a doc room. I might want to go to a teaching room and do the same thing in a different way. So don't think that you are not as um, capable of being used, because you are. Because you are. And he's our father, and he knows that. He made you for a purpose. So take those baby steps each day and really trust God, because when you look back, you'll be able to see where he's taken you. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know after this race. If I'm college, I don't know if I'm going to be a hermit in my house. I don't, I don't have any, like, money saved up. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that God's going to use me in some way. So, I want to kind of leave you with that as well. Um, so, if you leave with nothing else tonight, um, I have three points. I think they could put point. Yes. Well, before that, like, the three, the, no. <laughs> it's like after the pictures. Maybe not. If not, I can just say it. Okay, um, Okay. if you leave with nothing else tonight, um, remember the, that you need to have a two-way communication with God. That that's kind of the basis. That you need to um, really submit to God, be obedient to God, and trust God and trust God.